And welcome back to Answers for Elders Radio, everyone. I am here with Kathy Knight, and she's with Seattle King County Aging and Disability Services. And I am so glad you're here for a second uh, segment with us, Kathy. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, we talked a little bit about set up that, mm-hmm. um, set up your support network, get get connected early on. How often do you find caregivers actually doing that? Not enough, because by the time we're hearing from people, and I can say this across the board for Mm -hmm. most services that we provide through the area agency, that people, we think we prepare, but we don't. And we don't pay attention until we have a crisis. Well, and I always say the family caregiver is usually the quote-unquote sacrificial lamb of the family. Um, you know, that is usually an adult daughter, 65% is the, you know, is the adult daughter that takes mm-hmm. care of things. And, um, you know, there can be so many aspects of that piece um, where the daughter, you know, oftentimes will take on a load that she doesn't even realize. It's kind of you're on autopilot mm-hmm. because you're used to doing things for others. You right. probably are taking care of a family member, you know, other, your children, mm-hmm. you know, different things like that. You're probably in a, you know, that type of a, a personality type mm-hmm. are in basically. And, and what I find is I think a lot of us are in denial about how much stress that is. Mm-hmm. And until it's too late, mm-hmm. we get burned out. And then it's really hard. If you go down that rabbit hole, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not easy to get back out. I know that it was very hard for me. I hit the skids a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And luckily, luckily, I had friends that were able to pull me out. But That's great. <sighs> It was hard. Yeah. I always say when I took care of my mom, Kathy, I always say it was the hardest thing I ever did in my life, but it was also my greatest privilege. Mm -hmm. You know, it is a absolute double-edged, you know, two sides of the same coin. And, um, you know, so talk a little bit about how can a a caregiver take care of themselves up front? Okay. Well, this is a good place to start in terms of explaining our model, because I mentioned research, and we've learned something over the years, um, and we actually participated in a full-scale study, uh, and we we have a different assessment tool that we use now because of that, because we don't go in with any assumptions, and like you said, so often people reach out where, and the call is... I just, I can't do this anymore. I, I need to move my mom to a nursing home or assisted living facility. And they won't go. <laughs> and she doesn't want to go, yeah. <laughs> so, so again, that's why we're encouraging yeah. people to, it's okay to, yeah. to reach out. We all need help from time to time. There's nothing wrong with that. But with what we call the T-CARE assessment, which is stands for Tailored Care Assessment, um, that was a an approach we learned. So as I said, when we first started the program, we thought, well, everybody just needs a little respite. Mm-hmm. So when people call and they say, I'm a caregiver and I really need help, we would have respite services that we could help them with. Not a lot because it didn't take a lot. And we've discovered that um, what we really need to do is find out what are the things that that person would find most helpful. Don't make assumptions. Good point. So this tailored assessment process that we go through with the person is to really find out what they identify 
And we use the term burden, but that's not a good term to use. And right. we're, we're learning that. That was they had a, a, a whole assessment process where it's the, where they are on the burden scale. We don't use that term anymore because, like good. you said, it's a privilege. It's, it's an a honor. It's a true privilege. Right. And you don't want to say, my mom's not a burden to me. No. But it is a way that we can determine where that person is feeling mm-hmm. their most stress. And, you know, just the process of going through that assessment, what people said is, wow, this is the first time somebody asked me how I was doing, exactly. how I was feeling, exactly. what I need. And that's really the whole the whole foundation of our family caregiver services. The focus is on the caregiver because the support we can give them will allow their family member to stay at home longer because that person feels supported. Oh, wow. And so we found that for some, say some people, there are some people that the burden for them is, is low because they don't have any problem with, oh, I don't mind bathing my mom. I don't mind dressing my mom. There are other folks who find that very uncomfortable. Right. And it's like um, a son and his mother. Well, I can do everything else for my mom, but I can't bathe her. I don't want to dress her. I feel really uncomfortable doing that. That's and understandable. So, yeah. So we find ways that help the, the individual and we tailor it to them. And that can be because it, it's not a, again, it's a small little state funded program. So it's not a lot of support, but it's enough. It's like there can be um, support groups, there can be training. Mm-hmm. And we can talk later about why training is really important. For instance, when you're dealing with folks with dementia or Alzheimer's, we have learned so That's much a whole about other oh, yeah. subject. Yes. <laughs> but we focus on really providing what that person would find helpful. And right. again, if we can get people to reach out earlier mm-hmm. and identify what they need to help them continue on this journey as long as possible, and there does come a time where it may not be the best thing for them to mm-hmm. be caregiving mm-hmm. for that family member at home. But if they can, if we can help them do it as long as they can and as long as they want to, then we're, we've been a help to them. Mm-hmm. So remind us again. Mm-hmm. Kathy, how do we reach you and what specifically um, your overview of what you're there for? Sure. So um, our the the number we recommend that people use, we, we encourage people to think in terms of our Community Living Connections program. And you can Google that and find it online because it's really just communitylivingconnections.org. So it's not hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have a number, and that's one eight four four. Three four eight five four six four, and that is a place that people can call us for all kinds of resources. So I think that if a person's listening to this segment and they are a caregiver, I would encourage them to say, "I'm really interested in knowing about what kind of caregiver mm-hmm. supports there are available," and that will immediately get you. They do have specialists who are dealing with caregiver supports and they know about our assessment tool. Right. And that way we can get that person more quickly into right. the, the services they need. Well, and I, I think, you know, as a caregiver for my mom, some of the times, how, I don't know how many times I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Because number one, I was too tired to sleep. <laughs> you know, this that exhaustion. Right. <clears throat> but, you know, as an adult daughter or son, taking care of a senior, mm-hmm. um, you're bound to deal with conflict, mm-hmm. uh, resistance, mm-hmm. um, different sorts of, uh, you know, communication breakdowns, but also just 
misunderstandings mm-hmm. or ignorance about what's available out there. And how many times did I lay awake at night thinking, did I, number one, make the right decision? Or, you know, I don't, my mom won't hear what I have to say. Dad won't listen to me. Um, you know, I got to do something. I'm dying on the vine here. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, that not knowing and that anguish mm-hmm. is, I think, causes more stress than the actual quote-unquote, caring for a loved one, like you said. At least for me, it was. I used to stress over, you know, I'd I'd have, all of a sudden, have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say, if we knew what the crossroads were going to be ahead, Mm -hmm. we'd be able to prepare for them. But you never know when you're caring for an aging loved one. Right. Something new could happen, you know, next month that you don't even realize is happening. And are you likely prepared for those things? No, because you don't know anything about it. I Even just the understanding how many families, if your mom or dad has dementia, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a little bit of dementia, all of a sudden one day you walk in and they're just, you know, off the walls, cranky and, and paranoid and all of these things. And you want to know what's going on. And it's mm-hmm. like, I learned over time, I bet you anything my mom has a urinary tract infection. Their UTI is heading up. And, you know, it, that would be the beginning stages because my mom had dementia. Mm-hmm. But I could always tell, mm-hmm. you know, over time. Now, had I known this in advance to say, you know, this is one of the things that happens with dementia is to get dialed into learning about the progression of the disease rather mm-hmm. than just what do we have to deal with now. And I think your resource can really help people Mm -hmm. with a lot of these kinds of things. Yes. Yeah. We, um, oh, I feel like we've learned so much in recent years about how to support people with Mm -hmm. uh, dementia. And, you know, we now know there's so many different forms of dementia Mm -hmm. with different causes. Alzheimer's just one type of dementia. And And it gets expressed in different ways. And learning how to support that person, how to interact with that person. I mean, it's, I I just, I, (laughs) I, my mother-in-law had dementia. I used to correct my mother. That was like really bad. (laughs) I mean, you, you wind up, you waste a lot of time and get frustrated and they get frustrated. And create more conflict. Right. (laughs) And instead, what you want to concentrate on is how can that be the special time I have with this person with the time we have left how can we best interact with one another Mm -hmm. and so I've just been so impressed there's some folks who've done amazing work and you know that's one of the things just getting some support and training Mm -hmm. I think people can learn it's like you know somebody keeps repeating themselves or keeps asking you the same question or says where's dad And you say, well, dad died 10 years ago. I mean, you know what you're doing to that person is they're reliving every time Mm -hmm. that happens, that tragedy. And instead say, you know, I don't know. I think you might have gone to the store. store. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like. He's on a business trip, mom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't you really? Yeah. So so I think that. You took uh, him to the airport. Remember, mom? (laughs) Oh, okay. And so this is really important because we, as you said, with the aging of the population and the increase, we also see an increase in folks with all kinds of cognitive limitations, Alzheimer's, other dementias, and we can be a better place to support people. We can do more in our communities to be what we call dementia friendly and, Mm -hmm. and, and allow people to feel more accepted and just be able to interact with people in different ways. And so... 
I think, and we have great resources out there. Like you said, I mean, we have the Alzheimer's Association is a wonderful partner with our agency. And they're amazing. They do. They're do, and they're doing so much work, uh, all related to research. You know, we may at some point be able to. I don't know if it'll be like taking your cholesterol pill, and if we know early enough that you have the issue. Who knows? So would you stay with this one more segment, Kathy? We are like, I am really excited about keeping on this conversation. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform. 